Welcome to What's Up with Betsy Johnson, a podcast from a longtime Oregon legislator and keen political observer discussing what is right and wrong with government, politics, and public policy. Well, yeah, it's not just Oregon. California, too, is having people exit like crazy because of the taxes. All you have to do is look at the gas prices. Um, both in Oregon and California and some other states as well. And the cost of living is so high. And yep. there's there's nowhere to live because you can't afford it. I mean, you can't even afford an apartment in downtown Portland because they cost, what, three, $4,000 a month, and you got to give, you know, first, last, second, uh, firstborn rights and everything else to be able to even get into a place. Yeah, but the good news for San Francisco is that with the Chinese uh, visitors coming, they're going to get downtown all cleaned up. Um, the hypocrisy of that is simply breathtaking. You know, we we don't help and we don't clean up. And then we get some international visitors that are coming. And I saw a soundbite of Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, talking about we want to we want to make our place look good for our fancy visitors. And I think he even called them fancy visitors. Great. So you're outrousting people for a very short period of time. The visitors will come and go. The tents will all come back and his maladroit policies will continue to drive the, 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 the great state of California into despair and ruination and, and people fleeing from there. And I was curious if uh, you had Thanksgiving plans. Do you usually stay home? Do you go out? I know you cook on occasion. Uh, what is your Thanksgiving deal? This year, I am going to trash our kitchen by cooking the traditional festive bird. And I don't know whether this is something I inherited from my mother, who was a brilliant cook, but could get every single dish in the place dirty in the process of producing one of her fabulous meals. Um, my my end product pales in comparison to hers, but um, I'm going to I'm going to cook the festive bird. So we'll see how it goes. It may be the last time you get to do that if uh, Initiative Petition 3 becomes law. Yeah, I'll be molding the tofu bars into, you know, the approximation of a drumstick and a wing the next time around. Um, or I'll have to sneak over to Idaho and bootleg it back into this state. Uh, I, if that measure passes, it is going to be simply preposterous. And I don't know how it withstands some of the legal challenges. I mean, right on the face of it, if I were a sheep producer or I had a cattle farm and all of a sudden I couldn't use the fruits of my labor to pay my my employees or my taxes or make a profit, you know, assuming you can do that in, in agriculture anymore. When does that become a taking? When is my inability to use my herd the way that I deem appropriate, i.e. Um, humanely slaughter them and put them into the food chain, when does that deprive me of property rights to my critters? Now, some of these people that profess to want to do these kind of IP3 things think that you can't own those. That, that uh, When I say I own a cat, I, I was chastised saying that I don't own the cat, that the cat is oppressed when I use that kind of language. Every cat should be as oppressed as my cat is when I left him sleeping on a down comforter this morning when I came down to work. Um, so it's going to be, there'll be plenty of legal challenges. And the, at the end of the day, the only people that get rich are the lawyers. Well, it's a, it's an interesting thing. So many people ask me, what are you doing now that you're not in politics? Are you just at home with your feet up? And the answer is, hell no. 
I am the busiest unemployed person you're ever going to run into. Um, I am doing ostensibly the same work without the title and without a paycheck. After the gubernatorial election was over, I tried to, as best I could to help um, the number of young people that worked on it all get very interesting, good jobs. Most of my phone calls start exactly the same way. Now that you're not busy in the legislature, would you help me with... And they then give me the insoluble or seemingly insoluble problem. And so some of them are heartbreaking. I'm trying to help a combat veteran right now who contracted cancer and nasal cancer and ended up having a huge portion of his face um, taken off in order to eradicate or arrest the cancer. He was promised that if he came up to the Portland VA, they would get him prosthetic surgery and uh, surgery and prosthesis to, to rebuild a normal looking face. Two years, he's been living at his son's house with no help at all. And so I have reached out to our congressional delegation to try to help him and um, am finding that fairly frustrating. I don't know whether or not in these post-COVID times it's just harder to get people's attention or my lack of a title makes me less ferocious than I used to be, uh, but we're working on that. And then I'm trying to find placements for two um, very young girls that have significant mental health problems and to try to get a juvenile bed in this state uh, for very serious psychological problems is extremely difficult. Um, I helped a widow sort out her banking relationship. Her husband died and immediately her credit cards were all shut off. And, um, and so we got that rectified. And it's just, it's like one phone call after another. Would I do this? Would I do that? Would I help? And it's just not my nature to say no. So I'm trying to find an older lady, get into um, subsidized housing. Uh, her son died and she had some health problems and she ended up in housing that's not appropriate for her. We're trying to get that worked out. And so I'm still able to call on many of my old relationships and say, can you help with such and such an agency or can you see this person or can you get her on a waiting list at the uh, housing authority to see about a placement? And so I'm, I'm still heavily involved in the public square, plenty opinionated and happy to weigh in. The difference is I get to kind of pick and choose what I do. And that has been somewhat liberating. I've had people with some of their insoluble problems call me and I'm more than happy to say, here's your state representative's phone number and here's your state senator's number. That's not me anymore. Um, so it's uh, it, there's no shortage of stuff to do. I get up every day and come to the office and have people working for me and am happy to try to be useful and um, recognize that there are limitations now that I don't have a title in front of my name anymore and the state's budget in my back pocket. But I have a, a skill set that I think lends itself to trying to sort out people's problems. We do it well and I enjoy it. And I cannot think of anything more gratifying than help people slay some of the dragons in their life. Well, I want to ask a kind of a philosophical question about the way it was for you when you were still a legislator and the way it is now. It's only been like a year, right, since the election, the gubernatorial election. Um, but I, I'm curious, do you find it... Uh, 
harder or easier to help people? I mean, you mentioned the lack of a title could might be part of it, but I don't know. I mean, you're getting as much press as you ever did. Um, the local papers love you. I mean, you're at all kinds of things. I saw you were at a veterans event. I can, you know, follow you through the local press coverage. And I'm curious, have you found that it's more difficult to get things done for people or is it about the same? Uh, with state agencies, it's it's been a little bit more difficult um, because the, they don't feel any um, uh, they're not compelled to want to make a budget legislator happy. So it's a little bit more difficult, but we are still getting some big problems sorted out, often with the help of colleagues. Um, Commissioner Jerry Woolley in uh, in Washington County helped finally get a dump cleaned up that I had been working on since I was still in the Senate. And they came in at the local level and made significant improvements in cleaning up. It's not really a dump, it's a toxic hazardous waste site. And with his leadership in Washington County, we made significant um, strides in getting that cleaned up. Um, I'd say it's kind of a, of a mixed bag. Um, a lot of people know who I am. They stop me on the street and make comments or at generally favorable comments. And um, so I, I know that that one cools down in an afterlife of politics. But so far, I think I still have some some usefulness and people call me like I do. So I step up on the ones that I think I can help and say, you bet, we'll be there. How closely do you pay attention to what your colleagues, your former colleagues, I guess they're, they could still be colleagues, but I mean, your former, your, your fellow legislators that you used to work with, how closely do you follow what they're doing? I follow it pretty closely. I'm certainly gonna be following it with respect to what they do with ballot measure 110 although my expectations continue to be lowered because I just don't see any real courage. Um, and I am following some of them because they're all trying to maneuver around and get into higher office. The election season is off to a roaring start and um, all of the, the, the little chess pieces are moving around. We have our three uh, top statewide spots are all open. The attorney general is stepping down, so that's going to be an open spot. The secretary of state, of course, was run off um, for um, really uh, corrupt behavior, so that's going to be an open spot. And our uh, and that's a very important spot because it handles elections. And our current treasurer is running for secretary of state, so that's an open spot. So we're going to have an interesting political dynamic in this state where you've got a relatively new governor, i.e. she's been there a year, and three new top statewide elected officials. And then you've got people leaving the House and the Senate and folks in the House generally eyeing those Senate seats and wanting to move up. You've got some people that leave the Senate and just say, I'm done. I'm not running for re-election. I'm going to go back to my old life as it was. And so there's a fair amount of, of movement right now that causes one to, to look at what's happening in the legislature. And then I've been badgering the legislators uh, about passing an arts package that they left behind the last time. And so far I'm getting a fairly good response, although I heard anecdotally that one House member has characterized me as mean. I'd like to think of myself as forceful, plain spoken, direct, I don't think of me as mean, but um, uh, so I'm I'm pretty engaged still. Uh, 
I've watched with interest as leadership has changed in the House and the Senate. The Speaker of the House will be leaving to run for Attorney General, so there'll be a new Speaker. If um, if uh, our current co-chair of Ways and Means on the Senate side is successful in seeking election to a statewide office, there'll be a new co-chair of Ways and Means on the Senate side. So there's a fair amount of movement, and I would say that I'm a uh, a keen observer. There are things that get past me all the time because it's just busy out there and I'm not sitting in the rooms where this stuff is discussed. But um, I, I would characterize myself as a as an engaged observer. <laughs> I think I was a damn good tri-chair and uh, that's that's part of the job that I miss. Um, I, uh, I, I think I helped produce a, some good budgets during my time on Ways and Means, and I enjoyed doing that very, very much. I'm watching them spend money in ways right now that are just inexplicable. It, it remains to be seen how this is all going to work out because the degree of accountability or lack of accountability is is pretty breathtaking. And as we talked about earlier today, I just don't think this font of money is going to be um, never ending. And uh, there's got to be some discipline and there's got to be some demand for results for the amount of money that we're spending. And, and I would extrapolate that to the national level too. It's just, we just can't spend money fast enough. And at some point in time, you're going to run out of people to wring it out of. Thanks for listening to What's Up with Betsy Johnson. If you have comments or questions about this podcast, please email questions, Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S, at BetsyJohnson.com.